Down here? Yes, sir. Down the ramp. And we have people lined up on the left over here. Uh, some union leaders and workers. Hey, guys and ladies. Your mark is going to be the blue one to the left. How y'all doing? You've got a blue mark, and that's okay. I got, I'll stay in my blue mark, and then I'm going to say load each one of you. Yes, sir. I'm going to, I'll, I'll help you get started. Ruben, this is the Ruben Report. It is April 5th, 2023. We are live streaming on Rumble, YouTube, and Locals. I want to thank all of you who are tuning in on Rumble these days. Our live stream numbers have been absolutely bananas, basically matching, if not sometimes surpassing uh, YouTube by the end of the day, which is absolutely incredible considering we've got about 2 million subscribers on YouTube and about 400,000 on Rumble. It shows you that the tide is changing, so very appreciative of that. And if you want to play along during the show, as always, you can join us right now at rubenreport.locals.com and there is an iOS and Android app. And as always, we'll have a post-game wrap-up show for our paid subscribers. Uh, I do want to note out of that uh, cold open there that uh, you know we can mock Joe Biden for not knowing where he's going, having a handler tell him where he has to stand and everything else. But my team does do a similar thing. When I come up here in the morning, Daphne walks me to the desk. You're going to sit in that chair. Phoenix always says, Dave, you have to look into the camera over there. Brock always says, Dave, you're going to hold your pen in your left hand. You're a lefty. Uh, and Connor is in charge of making sure that I don't fall out of the seat. So, you know, we can mock Joe Biden, but who, who of us is not uh, led around by a bunch of handlers to tell us what to do and where to be and the rest of it? Uh, the theme today, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if you know, there's uh, a lot of craziness in the news cycle right now, and we're going to try to... Uh, obviously cover the Trump stuff, but do it in a, I would say, more of a blue sky way uh, in that, you know, I always talk about this kind of slow descent to hell that we're on, that, that there's a portion of the country, it's, it's largely the progressive left, but it's corporate media, it's big tech, this thing that is just dragging us to hell. They keep coming, they never stop. Drag queens with kids, woke this, everyone's racist. They don't understand basic reality related to economics or foreign policy. Like it just keeps coming. Now it's coming for literally an ex-president to try to arrest the freaking guy. And I think we have to occasionally say enough is enough. Maybe we should all be doing it every freaking day. But we need a return to the great American culture that we had for a long time. I am 46 years old. I was born in 1976. I am a child of the 80s and the 90s when we had put so much of this stuff to bed. I keep saying, man, if we could just rewind, if we could just go back, give me a time machine, find me a DeLorean, find me 1.21 gigawatts of power, some plutonium from the Libyans, and let's go back to 1995. And guess what? Things would be better. And if we knew what we know now, about how wacky things were gonna get and how reality would become so unreal. Perhaps we would have fought a little bit harder to keep that goodness when nobody thought it was cool to be racist or homophobic or anything else. And we kept the crazy extremists out of the government and out of culture and everything else. So we're gonna talk a little bit about the culture part and the policy part and how it relates to the, to the rot that is happening in this country, which would lead us to a moment like we're in right now where apparently half the country thinks it's okay to arrest a former president of the United States who is running for president again. And as I said yesterday, several times, and I'll have to keep repeating, it does not even matter all the specifics of the payment to the porn star or the other misdemeanors that they turned into felonies or anything else. Once we go down this path, once America says we arrest former presidents, the pool of people who will ever want to be president will become uh, much thinner, right? It will be much more shallow. And as that gets more shallow, then the few people who are willing to get in will never want to let go of power because it will end very poorly of them. So as you know, politics is downstream of culture. Culture matters. And uh, that's what we're going to be talking about today and linking it to what's going on with Trump and everything happening politically. Before we do that, let me talk to you guys about RAMP. You know, you feel like your finance software isn't cutting it. 
Do you want the latest and greatest in financial software to simply spend, help you save time, and keep you from getting trapped in busy work? Check out Ramp. Ramp is the corporate card and expense management software designed to help you save time and put money back in your pocket. Ramp gives finance teams unprecedented control and insight into company spend. With Ramp, you're able to issue cards to every employee with limits and restrictions and automate expense reporting so you can stop wasting time at the end of every month. Ramp's accounting software automatically collects receipts and categorizes your expenses in real time so that you don't have to. You'll never have to chase down a receipt again and your employees will no longer spend hours submitting expense reports. The time you'll save each month on, on employee expenses will allow you to close your books eight times faster. Ramp saves you money. Businesses that use Ramp save an average of 3.5% in the first year and now get $250 when you join Ramp. Just go to ramp.com slash Ruben. That's ramp, R-A-M-P dot com slash Ruben. I assume you know how to spell Ruben. All right. So I thought a nice way to frame the show today would be a little bit of uh, throwback stuff. So first, we're going to throw back to a mere five years ago. Five years ago, in some ways, feels like a lifetime ago. It was before covid uh, it was before a lot of this craziness, but craziness was on the horizon, and then there was, and there was obviously some degree of craziness. But five years ago, here is Roseanne Barr. You remember Roseanne Barr, comedian Roseanne Barr. We we were quite friendly for some time. Uh, I I don't know that I've ever. I think maybe I've said this on the show once or twice before. Uh, but Roseanne, for a little while after I left the Young Turks Network, she had a studio in Los Angeles, and I was shooting the show out of her studio for about four or five months. That was before we uh, built our first home studio. Uh, so Ro Roseanne's been very good to me over the years. I, I like Roseanne a lot. She's, she's an edgy, uh, irreverent comic. Uh, you know, it's funny that she's painted now as sort of this right-wing maniac. You may remember from back in the day, this has got to be around, I don't know, maybe 1995 or 1996 when the original Roseanne show was on television. The first gay kiss ever on network television was on Roseanne's show. It was her and uh, I forget the actress, the blonde actress that it was with, but it was a lesbian kiss at a lesbian bar on Roseanne's show and now she's a right-wing maniac. Anyway, let's flash back to five years ago. Here is Roseanne Barr on Jimmy Fallon's show talking about her support for Trump. This is right before she got canceled. It's, it couldn't be a bigger thing, uh, uh, but then also with the big hit comes people that aren't so happy as well if you say that you're a supporter of Donald Trump or... Oh, yeah, people are mad about that. Yeah. But, you know, I don't give a <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I mean, is that how you I deal mean, with it? I mean, everybody has to... Well, everybody had to choose for themselves, according to their own conscience, sure. who they thought was the lesser of two evils. You know, everybody chose that, so I'm not going to put anybody down who didn't vote like me. This is America. It's a free country, and, you know, when you uh, weigh it all together, you know, I just think, I just felt like we needed a whole new thing all the way, bottom to top. Yeah. Okay, so Roseanne was a Trump supporter, and as you may know, when she was on that show five years ago, this was after they had reboot the sitcom, right? So they brought Roseanne back. It was the number one sitcom in America, the number one comedy show in America. This is a mere five years ago. That's while this interview was taking place. And then she tweeted out something that got her canceled a couple days later. You'll, you'll see why I'm putting this all together for you. A little info on that uh, from ABC. ABC has announced that it is canceling the sitcom Roseanne after the show's star, Roseanne Barr, compared former Obama senior advisor Valerie Jarrett to an ape on Twitter. In the since-deleted tweet, Barr wrote, Muslim Brotherhood and Planet of the Apes had a baby, referring to Jarrett. Now, Roseanne Barr is not racist. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous. The whole purpose of the Roseanne show was to show blue-collar workers, and they had black friends and gay friends and blah, blah, blah. She made a joke. She even said to me, and I think she said it publicly after, she didn't even know Valerie Jarrett was black. Like, does, doesn't even matter. But the point is, the point is she had the number one show in America, she was a Trump supporter. She tweets out something, let, let's just say it was stupid or mildly offensive or, or highly offensive. They kicked her off the show. The show continued, it subsequently has been canceled, but they kicked her off Roseanne. They kicked Roseanne off Roseanne. Called it the Connors, then the show failed shortly after that. Uh, 
And this is what the machine seems to do. And the machine right now seems to be doing it to Donald Trump himself. So now I thought, okay, well, Roseanne's a good uh, way to jump off here because as I said, guys, I am a child of the 80s and the 90s. And I remember when Roseanne's show was on air. And I remember what culture used to be like and that we could laugh at things together and that nobody cared about anyone's skin color and nobody really cared about anyone's genitals or anything else. And I want to show you in a moment a commercial from the 80s that I think really encapsulates that quite beautifully. Uh, Before we do, let me talk to you about Tax Network USA real quick. If you owe back taxes or have unfiled returns, don't let the government take advantage of you. Tax Network USA is a nationwide tax resolution firm who can protect your rights and settle your back taxes. In some cases, they can even zero out your balance. They're experts in all IRS programs and understand tax law so you don't have to. Over the last 14 years, Tax Network USA has saved over a billion in back taxes for their clients. They can even file your yearly return to protect you from audits. The Biden administration will be overhauling the IRS, God help us all, so they can levy bank accounts, garnish wages, and uh, social security benefits like never before. They can even seize your property like your business, home, or retirement accounts. Whether you owe a few thousand or a few million, they can help you. Even if you haven't filed in years, they can help you. Even if you have a payment arrangement, they can help you. Call the Patriots at Tax Network USA now or visit taxnetworkusa.com slash Dave. Okay, so let's flash back. When I talk about this slow descent to hell, that things culturally seem to get worse and worse and worse. Where were we a mere 20 years ago, a mere 30 years ago? We were in a pretty good spot. So check out this ad that that came across Phoenix's desk the other day. And he's like, Dave, we got to figure out a way to get this into the show. This is an ad from Gillette in the 1980s. And note the uh, positive role models and the sort of pleasantness that we could do in a nationwide ad in the 80s. You're looking sharp. You're looking good. You've come so far. We know how to make the most of who you are. Father to son is what we've always done. Contour Plus with lubricating strip for the best a man can get. It's powerful, right? Like that was a commercial in the 80s. That feels like it's from another planet. Phoenix just said to me, that makes me sad and I wasn't even born in the 80s. He doesn't even remember the 80s, but it was real. That's what it was like back in the 80s. The things that you could do, you could surf, you could get a job, you could get married. What else could you do? You could work out back then, run on a beach. You could go to space, you could shot put. That's what we were doing. The point is, you could be proud of accomplishing things. You could do things in your life. Generally, it seemed like you could do them better if you were fully shaven. I would have struggled a little bit, but, you know, keeping it tight where I can. Uh, But the point is that we used to have a culture. I mean, think about it. Gillette, right? And I'm sure Gillette was owned by, and probably still is now owned by a massive corporation beyond Gillette, just Gillette. Um, And they put money in advertising to show people to be proud, to show people you can accomplish things. Uh, You can build a family. You can find someone that loves you. You can have kids. It's so counter to what is being pushed on us all the time now. I'd like to juxtapose, you know, I like the word juxtapose. I'd like to juxtapose that with an ad from Gillette in 2019, a mere four years ago. And you tell me, is the message of Gillette in the 80s or is the message of Gillette in 2019 a better, more positive message? Take a look. Bullying. The Me Too movement against sexual harassment. Is this the best a man can get? Is it? We can't hide from it. Sexual harassment is taking over. It's been going on far too long. We can't laugh it off. Who's the daddy? <laughs> what I 
actually think she's trying to say. Making the same old excuses. Boys will be boys. Boys will be boys. Boys will be boys. But something finally changed. Allegations regarding sexual assault and sexual harassment. But she says And there will be no going back. Because we, we believe in the best in men. Men need to hold other men accountable. Smile, sweetie. Come on. To say the right thing. To act the right way. Not cool, not cool. Some already are. In ways big. Yo, men, And small. I am strong. But some is not enough. It's not how we treat each other, okay? Okay. Because the boys watching today will be the men of tomorrow. Now, first off, most of the kids in those commercials aren't going to be able to shave ever because they're being pumped with estrogen, but that's a whole other story. All that estrogen and soy these days, uh, that's one thing. Uh, but you see how in the course of 30 years, they went from, you know, you're doing the best you can, try to get out there, fix your life, find someone who loves you, accomplish what you want to accomplish, to this weird, like, feel kind of guilty about what you've done, and you're, by the nature of being a man, you are associated with mean things, and that means you must be a misogynist, and somehow you must also kind of be racist. They're also trying to sell freaking, freaking, like, shaving cream, you know what I mean? Like, oh, it's just so silly. But it, but it really has leaked into everything. So the real reason we wanted to show you those two is because uh, Bud Light, you may have seen this over the last couple days, Bud Light, which I thought, you know, we're always told is the drink of men watching football eating wings. Their new spokesman is Dylan Mulvaney. Now, Dylan Mulvaney, as far as we know, we can Google it again. Brock, you can do it today. Does Dylan Mulvaney still have a penis? Dylan Mulvaney, Brock, Google it. <laughs> Dylan Mulvaney is the woman, right? Like the trans woman who was in all these videos who Joe Biden brought to the White House and celebrated his or her trans whatever. Okay, fine. But she, he is now the new spokesman for Bud Light. I don't know what Brock just came up with, but he's cracking up over there. So I'm going to find out as we play this for you. This is Dylan Mulvaney, new Bud Light spokesperson. Hi, impressive carrying skills, right? I got some Bud Lights for us. So I kept hearing about this thing called March Madness and I thought we were all just having a hectic month, but it turns out it has something to do with sports and I'm not sure exactly which sport, but either way, it's a cause to celebrate. This month I celebrated my day 365 of womanhood and Bud Light sent me possibly the best gift ever, a can with my face on it. Check out my Instagram story to see how you can enjoy March Madness with Bud Light and maybe win some money too. Love ya. Cheers. Go team. Whatever team you love, I love too. Okay. Love ya. Okay. Break a leg. All right. So let's, let's put aside that there obviously is some level of satire there and he or she is trying to be funny and whatever. The point is, what is Bud Light doing by sending him or her beer and putting her face or his face on this thing and everything else. Does that sell any beer, right? Does, does anyone, is there anyone on earth who suddenly is like, I do like light beer. I like my 4%. Connor, you're the beer drinker here. Coors, you're a Coors guy. No, you like your IPAs. You like your, uh, what do you like? What do you like? Lagunitas, okay? Lagunitas does not have a trans woman or whatever is trying to sell you on Lagunitas beer. It has a nice hoppy taste, a little bitterness. It's an IPA. There you go. But so what really is going on here? And that's what, that's what I'm saying. This has more to do with culture than even selling products or anything else. What has happened to us that Bud Light, which was, it was the football beer, right? It was the, it was, it was for men and all that. Uh, well, now it's going to this pretend woman who's also at the same time mocking women in her behavior, his behavior, whatever. God, it's so stupid. Uh, 
it's telling you that something really is wrong with our culture. And I think that actually ultimately does. I can connect this to the Trump thing. A culture that is deeply broken will find the wrong enemies all the time. We'll get to that in just a moment, but let's continue with sort of what seems to be wrong here. Uh, you know, this guy, Charlemagne the God, that's what they call him. I have trouble, I've told you, I can't call him. What's his real name, Leonard something? Leonard something? Leonard McKelvey, I guess is his real name. He was on Andrew Schultz, who's a comedian. He was on his podcast and they were playing some clips of Colin Kaepernick. Of course, you guys know Colin Kaepernick, former NFL player who went beyond bananas woke. Uh, he's no longer in the league and now is basically one of the leading proponents of wokeism everywhere. Everything's racist, including his adopted parents, his white adopted parents who adopted this little black boy. He's going off on them these days. Uh, here are Schultz and uh, McElvey discussing just that. This is hilarious. No, no, no. Colin Kaepernick says he knows his white adopted parents loved him, but they were very problematic things that occurred during his upbringing. Oh, your hair's not professional. Oh, you look like a little thug. Your mom become. said that to you. Yeah. And those become spaces where it's like, okay, how do I navigate this situation now? But it also has informed why I have my hair long today. The grown-up version of Eve wanted to go back in time and give young Colin mm. a lot of hugs. And I was really moved and saddened by the level of, kind of self-awareness that he had pause. developed at a very young age. We can go back oh and my, oh my God. A parent didn't like their kid's haircut. Never has happened in history. Welcome to being a child and having parents. As That's a, what as, your mom's saying to you right as now. A black man, Probably. <laughs> as, a, as a black man who used to be a black boy, black teenager, uh, when I had an afro and I was getting cornrows and stuff, same thing same happened to thing me. Same thing happened. And I don't have white parents. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I have a black mom and a black dad who did not like that. Especially when I started wearing Chuck Taylors and Snoop Dogg had that murder case. Boom. Which made me, especially when I was getting in trouble in school, yes. he made me cut my hair because for whatever reason, me having a big afro and wanting to get cornrows yes. and wearing Chuck Taylors equated to me wanting to be a thug or I'll never be able to get a good job or anything else. Like, I don't think that's something that's exclusive to race. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but when you see everything through the lens of racism, you're gonna find it. And that's what he sees right here. Yeah, that's quite right. I mean, it's it's an offshoot of something I say all the time. If you, if you see everything through that lens, then you'll always find racism. And and what the problem is, then when real racism, racism shows up, you don't even know what to do with it. Um, I should note that, that they, they have that podcast together, Charlemagne the God and uh, Schultz, that's their co-podcast. I think I said it was uh, Schultz's podcast. Um, but what's interesting about this also is that uh, Kaepernick is doing something that I think many uh, young people, youngish people are doing, and he's not even that young anymore, right? He's got, he's got to be in his probably late thirties at this point, uh, which is that you are focused on what you perceive to have happened to you many, many years ago. Like if you are an adult, if you are somewhere, I'm not even talking about in your twenties, I'll grant everyone the weirdness of the twenties. Once you are in your thirties, let's say, if you are still going, man, that thing happened to me in sixth grade. In sixth grade, I was bullied by that guy or that teacher wasn't nice to me or my parents wanted me to pull my pants up. You have, a, you have an actual psychological condition that you have to deal with, that you have to actually confront. You know, I remember when I was in like sixth grade, one of the, one of the trends was that we were wearing boxer shorts that were from colleges. So it would have like the college, University of Indiana on the back, Penn State on the back, kind of on your butt and you would wear your pants kind of low. And I grew up in the suburbs of New York, okay? Uh, I don't think it was a thug thing or anything else, but I remember my dad being like, you look like a moron, what are you doing? And telling me to don't walk out of the house like that. Was that, was he uh, being somehow racist or abusive or something like that? Of course not, of course not. Your parents are supposed to try to set some level of an example. But I think what we've done here is we've infantilized so many adults that Kaepernick sort of, in a way, he almost gets off on this idea that, again, his parents, his adopted parents were white. They were white. Do you think that they were racist in any way? But he, he is so sucking on the teat of racism, he can't get off that thing. But we, you all know people like this, like that people that are just like hung up on that thing that happened to the ba them back then. And I think we now have a culture that seems to be unable to grow up, unable to deal with the world as it is 
would prefer to destroy the known world and rebuild it. And these people are not particularly good at building anything. And then this leaks into all forms of government. So I want to show you this picture. This is former, fortunately, former FBI director, James Comey. You remember James Comey. Check out his t-shirt back in 2017, elect more women. Now, he was appointed by Trump and fired by Trump, but he was FBI director at this point. Elect more women. And it's one of those things. It sort of sounds right. Okay, I guess elect more women. I don't know. Do more women want to be in politics? Are women somehow inherently better at politics than men? Or does it actually have something to do with your individual thoughts and actions? And actually your, uh, your gender is completely irrelevant. But the question is, what are the political consequences of this modern American culture when people just wear these meaningless slogans, you know, and they wear Black Lives Matter, science, we believe in science, or no one is illegal as they have a fence in front of their house and all of those things. Uh, well, James Comey, again, former FBI director, brought in by Trump, also fired by Trump. Uh, here's what he tweeted yesterday as Trump was hauled into court in New York City another good day. So the former FBI director has made it clear his feelings are that a former president of the United States should be uh, brought in and indicted by a New York City DA on quote unquote trumped up charges. And that is good for America. It's actually terrible for America. It might be good for him because it might be good for the deep state, right? It might be good for the uniparty that somehow always wins. Uh, but it is not good for the country. Uh, here's an image, uh, of course, of Trump yesterday. Uh, so this is Trump at the courthouse yesterday. That's sort of an iconic image. He did not uh, get the, the picture, uh, you know, the main picture against the wall. So we, that's, the, that's the picture we're going with right now. Uh, but now we have to show you some of the ways that the media is covering this stuff. Because once, to link all this together, you take a bunch of adults who don't know how to deal with the world as it is. Once you take a bunch of people who think everything is racist all the time, a bunch of people who are afraid to get out there and do something for themselves, they will actually try to destroy the very people who are trying to free them. Donald Trump, for all his flaws, obviously was fighting the machine that seemingly is coming for the rest of us right now, right? And that doesn't mean he can do it again. It really doesn't, but he was doing it. And the media, in case you didn't know it, was, un, was unkind to him at best. Uh, here is Joy Reid on the televised mental institution of MSNBC, of course, making this all about race. The irony and sort of the karmic irony that it is a black DA that Donald Trump has to face um, and that he is getting the full, you know, he's being afforded all of the full protections of the law. Ah, making it about race. It is ironic, a black man. I, I should note that uh, Comey was brought in by Obama, but Trump kept him and then ultimately fired him. But it's so funny that they keep calling Trump racist and Trump's racist. And it's ironic that it's going to be a black DA to take him out as if he was against black people when he was president. Do you remember this moment in his State of the Union address? This is one of the most iconic moments of his presidency because it so exposes the absolute farce of the left, the corporate media, people like Joy Reid, et cetera, et cetera. And something I'm very proud of, African-American unemployment stands at the lowest rate ever recorded. Strange, you got Paul Ryan and Mike Pence standing up, applauding. Low black unemployment, that's pretty good. Oh, black people are Americans. Low unemployment, that's really great. Keith Ellison, a bunch of the other people there. Well, Keith Ellison was picking his nose, but uh, the rest of them there, they sat there. And uh, at, at another point during that State of the Union, they showed the Congressional Black Caucus and they all sit there like this because they're actually not into low black unemployment if it is done uh, by a Republican because they're in this thing for power and really nothing else. Uh, so what is the end goal culturally and politically uh, when you have this rot? Like what does this actually lead to? Well, it leads to, I would say, a, a type of tyranny where we will have law without order, right? We will have the flooding of the country with people that will just come in and 
have nothing to do with American values. They will just believe they can just be here endlessly and do whatever they want. And guess what? When you, once you cross that border illegally in the first place, you're, you've already broken the law. We're, we're starting at a place where you've broken the law, okay? Uh, so I wanna show you this video. Uh, this is, well, you wanna do this? All right, yeah, I jumped ahead for just a second. Let's, let's slow down. Let's go back to Trump for just a second. Uh, here is Trump's attorney yesterday. Sorry, we got a little crossed up there. Uh, here's Trump's attorney yesterday. Uh, his name is Joe Takapina, uh, talking about how the rule of law has basically died with this case. About today. Here's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about the insufficiency of this case. And I will say this to you. Today's unsealing of this indictment shows that the rule of law died in this country. Because while everyone is not above the law, no one's below it either. And if this man's name was not Donald J. Trump, there is no scenario we'd all be here today. Please understand that. Okay, so again, without getting into all the details of all, I think, the 34 charges and how it now turns out that a whole bunch of them really are misdemeanors, that they've pushed up to felonies and that they are already past the point when they should even be allowed to legally charge him and everything else. I think it's fairly obvious to most people, if his name was not Donald Trump, as the lawyer is saying, nobody would be caring about this. Nobody cares about the porn star payment. And now Stormy Daniels actually has to pay Trump back for some of this stuff. Like this is clearly for political purposes. New, the corrupt New York DA who is funded by George Soros, he is doing what he set out to do the day he was sworn in, which is take out Donald Trump. So you get a bunch of people who do things purely for political purposes. So our justice system, which is supposed to be blind, you know, the blind lady with the thing, you know, that lady, it's supposed to be blind. It is no longer blind. And maybe it hasn't been blind for quite some time, but in this case, it certainly is not blind. But then what else do you get when you get people who just come in for power, who just come in for an ideology, not for how about America? Like what is actually best in this country? Uh, here is video of our Department of Homeland and Security uh, Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas uh, basically saying that there is a reason that we're not protecting the border, kinda, sorta, maybe. The first weeks in office, the Biden administration halted deportations for 100 days, stopped all border wall construction, and suspended the Remain in Mexico policy. Critics say it all added up to putting a come in, we're open sign on the door. I don't think that the more than million people last year that we removed or expelled would consider the border open. But the messaging, but, was the messaging wrong there that, you know, we're open? That wasn't our messaging, but that was the But that's messaging. what the migrants were getting. Because remember something, that we are not the only source of messages that the migrants receive. Okay, I don't know what he means by that, but the point is we know, you guys know it, we didn't even have to show you more clips on this, the amount of uh, border crossings that are happening right now, millions of them more this year than if you took the last couple of years combined and certainly way more than when Donald Trump was, was president. But what did they do when Donald Trump said he was going to build a wall? And why was he gonna build a wall? You either have a country or you don't. You, a country is a nation state that has a delineated border from another country. So we are not Mexico. There is a, there's an actual border. It's an agreed upon border by both countries, right? And if you cross that border illegally, you have now broken the law and we are allowed to kick you out. That's what a mature, responsible country would do. That's what countries in Eastern Europe are doing right now. That's what countries like Poland and Hungary are doing. They're saying, we are going to protect our borders. We don't care if you call us racist, blah, blah, blah. When Trump tried to do it, basically the entire system tried to take him out. I think you can see how this is connected to where we started with the show, that these are, these are unserious people. These are not people who want to celebrate doing what is right and getting out there and getting yours and, and having law and order because that's a piece of your ability to get out there and get yours. Uh, but why doesn't Mayorkas think that Biden wants a border? Here, here's a great answer on this one. This, this, is, this is just like wizard level, go ahead. Is there anything that's off the table that you won't do to secure the border? Well, the president, uh, as I think you know very well, said we are not going to uh, construct more wall that um, costs billions and billions of dollars that is immovable. Is there anything you won't do? Yeah, I won't build a wall because that's the thing that would probably do it. That does make it much more complex. 
By the way, I'm not even sitting here telling you that a wall completely is the way to do it. You know, you'd also have to use eminent domain to move farms and move people out of their houses on certain border areas. There might be a lot of ways that we can do it electronically and with certain levels of monitoring and have a certain amount of, of military down there and everything else. But like the one thing we won't do is the wall. You know, it's funny when we moved into this house on uh, one side of our house, we didn't have a wall and we have a dog, Clyde. And Clyde likes iguanas and Clyde likes squirrels and birds and other such things. And every time I let Clyde out, I'd have to run down the block because Clyde would leave. And then you're not gonna believe what we built. Anyone wanna guess? Yeah, it was a wall. It was a wall. It was an immovable wall. Clyde has not been able to get out since then. And the birds and iguanas, well, the birds are flying over, but the iguanas are having trouble getting in. They figure out a way, but the, you get the point, people. It's just ridiculous. But there seems to be a, a tyranny coming no matter what. It's not only sort of the ineptitude of these people when it comes to the border and not, not caring that we should have laws. They don't care that we have laws. Another thing that they do is they sign things into law that will take away our rights. Uh, we talked about this a little bit last week while I was in D.C., but there was this Restrict Act that is being pushed through Congress right now. Originally, this came out as a bill that was going to, in essence, was going to make TikTok illegal in the United States. That's where it started. And a lot of people were saying at the beginning of it, oh, this is good because TikTok we know is basically Chinese spyware that has access to everything on your phone, all of your data and your contacts and your communications and all that. Young people are using this. Like we have no real level of understanding of what China is doing with that data and everything else. Like it's actually becoming a national security risk. Uh, that didn't stop Joe Biden from having Dylan Mulvaney and a bunch of other trans TikTokers show up at the White House, but okay, fine. Uh, what of course now we have found out because every time the government tries to do something, it makes everything worse. The Restrict Act is deeply, deeply dangerous. It is not just about keeping TikTok off your phone. It actually is about controlling you basically at every possible level. Uh, here is uh, my friend David Sachs on the All In podcast explaining the full effect of this, in essence, legalized tyranny that they're going through with the Restrict Act. I think this is the biggest bait and switch mm. that Washington, the central government has ever tried to pull on us. Everybody thinks that they're just trying to ban TikTok from operating in the U.S. And if that's all they did, then I think the bill would be supported by most Americans. But that's not what they're doing. They're not restricting TikTok. They're restricting us. That's not the goal here. Yeah. What a bait and switch. It's a huge bait and switch. And so just so you know, what the act provides is that a U.S. citizen using a VPN to access TikTok could theoretically be subjected to a maximum penalty of one million in fines or 20 years in prison or both. Now, you know, they'll say, you know, Mark Warner, the sponsor of legislation will swear up and down. That's not the intent. But the problem is that the language of the bill is so vague that some clever prosecutor may want to pursue this theory one day. And that needs to be stopped. Also, there's another problem with the bill, which is you think this is just about TikTok. It's not. What they do is it says here, I guess they don't want to mention TikTok by name. So they're trying to create a category of threatening application. But because it is a category, it's very, very broad. So the bill states that it covers any transaction, transaction, not just an app, in which an entity described in subparagraph B has any interest. And then entities described in subparagraph B are, quote, a foreign adversary, an entity subject to the jurisdiction of or organized under the laws of a foreign adversary, an entity owned, director, controlled by either of these. And then it gives the executive branch the power to name a foreign adversary, any foreign government regime that one of the cabinet secretaries defines without any vote of Congress. Okay, so I, I know there's a, a bit of uh, mumbo jumbo in there and I don't wanna get too technical with this, but in essence, this is what the government does with everything. We have this sort of roughly right idea that we should get TikTok off Americans' phones because it's Chinese spyware and certainly off young people's phones. There's a, a whole other reason for that because of what they're pushing with all the trans nonsense and everything else where they don't push that on TikTok in China. In China, they have these kids doing these incredible mathematical equations and all of this science and everything else. That's what they push to their own people. But to us, it's all about, you know, the gender craziness and everything else. That's one thing. What David's really referring to there is that within the language, it basically is saying any communication that you have, any uh, commerce that you do with anyone, 
once someone in the government is like, well, we don't like that company because maybe they weren't doing enough for diversity, equity, and inclusion. We're gonna label them an enemy. They will be able to come for you. You understand that? They will be able to look at your phone, see who you're texting, who you're sending money to, what websites you're going to, and again, and this is where a certain set of not very bright people always say, well, if I'm not doing anything wrong, if I'm not doing anything legal, well, then I have nothing to worry about. First off, they will find something. You know what I mean? They will make it up. And what is socially norm, normed today will be dangerous tomorrow. That's how the whole thing works. And by the way, this push to silence us and make sure that they can monitor who we communicate with and who we uh, do transactions with and commerce with, it's happening all over the place. Uh, the country that, that maybe much of this started with years ago, and you may know that Jordan Peterson guy who was warning that this was happening in Canada and everyone started calling him a right-wing maniac. Uh, well, Canada is going down fast. Here is the minute, the, I mean, this just this title alone. This woman, her name is Marcy Len. Uh, she is the Minister for Women and Gender Equality and Youth. She goes by they, them pronouns. And here she is basically coming after everyone's free speech. This is extraordinary. And look at the collection of people behind her in this video. Take a look. Firstly, it enables the Attorney General to create a 2S LGBTQI plus community safety zone to prohibit within 100 meters of the property any homophobic, transphobic act of intimidation, threat, offensive threats, offensive remarks, protest, disturbance, and distribution of hate propaganda within the meaning of the uh, criminal code. It also comes with it a penalty of $25,000 if prosecuted successfully. So this is what's happening in Canada. They will come for your free speech. They will decide what hate speech is, who's allowed to say what, and literally where physically they are allowed to say it. And I have just no doubt whether this passes right now or not, it will pass eventually. That is the path that Canada is on. Uh, just for shits and giggles, as they say, I know a whole bunch of you are watching that going, well, what is that lay them lady talking about? What the hell is 2SLGBTQIA+. We Googled it. It's an acronym for Two-Spirit. Well, all right, so first off, what's Two-Spirit? Does anyone here know what Two-Spirit is? Two-Spirit, literally, like I'm actually not kidding at the moment. I honestly have no idea. What's that? You're Two-Spirited? So what does it mean? Brock is Two-Spirit. He doesn't even know what it means. He just felt like he had to identify with something. All right, so no one in this room knows what Two-Spirited means. Okay, fine. Uh, lesbian, we know what lesbians are. Everyone knows what lesbians are. You've got your Rose, your not Roseanne's. Roseanne's not a lesbo. You got your uh, Rosie O'Donnell's. You got your Ellen DeGeneres's, big lesbians. You got your gays. Okay, we can figure that out. Bisexuals, they're just having a good time. You got your uh, transgenders. Okay, you got your queer. Now, did what? What is queer that is separate from this? Like, you're if you're doing any of that other stuff, you're a little queer. Like, we got to put a word in there for you. Uh, oh, queer and or questioning. So you're just like, I don't know. Well, let's just have a drink and see what happens. And then there's the uh, the intersex. What's intersex? That means you have, you got a wang and a hoo-ha. That's a lot. I'll, I'll give those people a pass. I feel like that's a lot on the plate. You know what I mean? And then you've got asexual, which is like what? You want to have sex with cardboard or something? You just are over humans. And the plus reflects the countless affirmative ways in which people choose to self-identify. You remember the beginning of the show? I know memories are broken these days, but remember the beginning of the show when I said, you know, if you're an adult and you're still thinking about the shit that happened to you in sixth grade, you got something to deal with. That's what they are doing when I say they are infantilizing an entire generation of people. These people, look, look, people can be different. Some people are gay, some people are lesbians, some people are two-spirited, I suppose. You don't have to push everything onto all of society, but also if you, if you are religiously, I would say, cult-like in your devotion to this obsession, like you might want to think about where it all went wrong, right? Live your life as you see fit. Get out of the way of other people. Stop pushing everything onto everybody. But they cannot stop. These people cannot stop. So, so it's like, all right, what can we do? What can we do to change the course of this country? Now that happened to be, happens to be happening in Canada, but obviously America exports a lot of this stuff. Sometimes Canada exports, uh, exports it to us. But what can you do? Well, I, I would suppose first, first, you can change yourself, right? Like there's, a, 
a way to do something, right? You probably can't change the country overnight, but you might be able to do a little something with yourself. And at the end of the day, your country, whether you're watching this in America right now or Canada or Mexico or Brazil or Jordan, your country is defined by your culture. That's what the people cultivate. That's what they say is acceptable. That's what they say is good or not good. That's what they foster. That's what they expand. One of the things that we've done in America is expand that, that sense of freedom to more and more people. So is there a blueprint for this? That's the question, right? I'm always talking about that Florida blueprint. Well, is there a blueprint to actually fix the culture? And I would say over the years, there have been some people who have tried to do that. There have been people who have sort of, from a political position, have tried to say to people, you have a little skin in the game on this. So let's go back 60 years ago. Do you remember John F. Kennedy? Do you remember this speech? And so my fellow Americans, Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. My fellow citizens of the world, ask not what America will do for you, but what together we can do for the freedom of man. So remember that slow descent to hell we've been talking about? Think how different America today is from that America. Think about it for just a second. If Bernie Sanders or even Joe Biden went on stage and said that, they would be taken out. They would be canceled. It would be as simple as that. Because the whole idea, their whole ethos now is the country should do something for you. Remember that clip we played yesterday of Jon Stewart, and he was talking to Gavin Newsom about jailing people, and they were like, well, you know, we don't, we don't cherish the human being, and blah, blah, blah. It's like, that has nothing to do with government. That has nothing to do with government. You have some autonomy over your life. That's what JFK is saying. Don't wait for the government to do something for you. Do something for yourself. Then you'll start doing something for government, and you will have built a bottom-up institution that will, that will do right by you and right by your family. And then you'll be able to live out a Gillette commercial from the 80s where you'll be able to go to the moon and shot put and meet a woman and do whatever else you wanna do. So how do you do all that first? What could Colin Kaepernick do in his life right now so that he stops thinking that his parents were racist and that has somehow made his life so miserable despite all the fame and the millions of dollars? Well, you know what he could do? He could try fixing himself. That might do it. Jordan Peterson has had a little bit to say about that over the years. Here is his first, a portion of his first PragerU video from 2018. Blaming others for your problems is a complete waste of time. When you do that, you don't learn anything. You can't grow and you can't mature. Thus, you can't make your life better. In my three decades as a professor and clinical psychologist, I've learned that there are two fundamental attitudes toward life and its sorrows. Those with the first attitude blame the world. Those with the second ask what they could do differently. Why? Because other people aren't the problem. You're the problem. You can't change other people, but you can change yourself. But it's difficult. It takes courage to change, and it takes discipline. Now, there are people who seem to be consigned to a terrible fate, but most of us aren't. Most of us have a chance to make our lives better. But how? Start small. Ask yourself a few questions. Have you taken full advantage of the opportunities offered to you? Are you working to your fullest capacity at school or at work? Have you, in other words, set your own house in order? If the answer is no, try this. Stop doing what you know to be wrong. Stop today. The proper way to fix the world isn't to fix the world. There's no reason to assume that you're even up to such a task, but you can fix yourself. You'll do no one any harm by doing so. And in that manner, at least, you will make the world a better place. I hope you see what we tried to do on the show today. I know this wasn't purely political today. I suppose this was a little more psychology or spiritual or self-help or something. But this is connected to a society that would drag out a former ex-president and 
who hopes to be a future president and, and put him on trial so that we end up in some banana republic situation. A whole bunch of people who instead of fixing themselves decided to just be part of a very corrupt system. And if we do some of those things, imagine if Cap Colin Kaepernick, instead of whining about everything, did some of the things that Jordan talked about there. If, the, if the, those drag queens that want to perform in, ki perform in front of kids or the DAs or the politician in Canada who's so upset about people who might say something within 200 yards of an LGBTQI double spirit center want to say, imagine if any of these people did what Jordan said, stopped doing what was wrong in their life, whatever that might be, and then started fixing their life. You know where we could end up? We could end up where we started this show at. We could end up in a world that we had that was pretty well illustrated by that Gillette commercial from the 1980s. So we're gonna show it to you again right now. You're looking sharp. You're looking good. You've come so far. our show for you today. I hope you enjoyed it. A little bit different today. I think we, we tried to, there's got to be a way out that's not just political. That's what I think. I think you think it too. And we just got to figure it out. And if we can all do a little bit of that, we can all start shot putting and jumping hurdles and a whole bunch more together. Uh, guys, if you didn't catch it, I did a live show uh, post-Trump indictment with Lisa Booth yesterday. We did that at the local studio here in Miami, Fox News contributor, Lisa Booth. I just adore her, she's, she's absolutely fantastic. So if you haven't seen that, check it out. We leave you cold close, Alvin Bragg, sorry. And uh, post game show in 32 seconds, see ya. Manhattan grand jury on 34 felony counts of falsifying business records in the first degree. Under New York state law, it is a felony to falsify business records with intent to defraud and an intent to conceal another crime. That is exactly what this case is about. 34 false statements made to cover up other crimes. These are felony crimes in New York State. No matter who you are, we cannot and will not normalize serious criminal conduct. Thanks for tuning in to The Rubin Report. You can watch the show live every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern and 8 a.m. Pacific on Rumble, Locals, and YouTube. Don't forget to rate, review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And you can join me for the post-game wrap-up every day after the show at rubinreport.locals.com.